This is Religion Unplugged, an interview series about the impact of religion in public life and around the world. Welcome, everybody. This is Bobby Ross, Jr., columnist for Religion Unplugged and editor-in-chief of the Christian Chronicle. I'm excited to be joined today by Glenda White, whose husband Richard was killed in the deadly shooting at the West Freeway Church of Christ in the Fort Worth area last December. We actually met at church. Um, his his mom and dad started attending and then he had was coming with them and I had struck up a friendship with his mom and dad and it just went from there. Wow, they were and- just some of them that I, you know, certain people you just look for, you know, you want to see every week and uh-huh. we kind of sat in the same general area. So it was in 2011. 2011. Okay. And so when did y'all marry? In 2011 as well. 2011. Was, okay. Yeah. Okay. So y'all were married, I guess about eight years or so. Yeah. Eight. Oh. Yeah. About eight and a half. We uh-huh. have five kids uh-huh. and sorry to make you do math <laughs> 12 grandkids oh wow great okay and do i remember that y'all that that y'all really liked to travel was that a big thing that y'all enjoyed doing we did we um we went on a cruise every year and then we loved to go camping so we had just bought a new um camper we went down to um i always get this wrong it it was lajitas texas down just real close to the border oh okay okay and and there's a lot of that that could be a long trip i guess that would be 500 miles or something like that? It was a long trip. (laughs) A long trip. Okay. Okay. He was, he was one of those people that never met a stranger. He just was, you know, everybody loved Rich and he would give his shirt off his back if you needed it. He was willing to help anybody that needed help and he just, you know, he he was just a good guy, really, is about all I can say. He just, uh-huh. he was a good guy. Yeah, that's great. And both of you are, were members of the church security team. Is uh-huh. that, do I remember that correctly? Yes. Had y'all trained? I mean, did both of you carry guns? Or can you tell me a little bit, I guess, about kind of the training and, and what your history was there? We, um, we actually, uh, well, Rich is a hunter and I was years ago. We trained under Jack Wilson. We went through his class and then we went out to his gun range and that's, that's where we learned. And we both carried, um, on a daily basis. So, Uh so you both were carrying the day that, that this happened. Yes. Okay. What do you what what do you remember about worship that morning and that day and, and, and what happened that day? The thing that resonates with me the most is 
Rich and I, with us both being on the security team, there were certain times of the morning that we would make eye contact and we would, you know, see each other. And um, I don't know what to, anyway, the guy came in the door where I was at. And as he came in, there was just something in his face that just, you know, he was, of course, he had on a beard and um, a wig and had a hoodie pulled up. And I told one of the other people standing there, I said, we need to go make sure Jack knows that he's in the building. So, and it was getting close to um, the meet and greet time. And I picked up my things and was walking up the aisle. And that's one of the times that I would have seen Rich. And I didn't see him standing there. And so I went into the auditorium and as I'm going into the auditorium, that guy was coming back out. So in, in my mind, I'm dismissing it because I think, okay, surely he's not going to come back into this auditorium. So I usually sit on, we had back chairs, chairs along the back walls. And I usually sat on either one side or the other on the back wall. And for whatever reason, I just decided I didn't want to sit back there that morning. So I went up and sat with some friends of ours. And I still didn't know. I still don't remember seeing Rich. But evidently, as the guy came out, Rich was not very far behind him coming out at the same time he was. So anyway, I had gone up and sat down and, um, and he got up, I guess you're talking about the guy had sat down and then got up during the meet and greet time and went to yes. the restroom or somewhere. Did he yes. go to the restroom? Okay. Yes, he went to the restroom. Okay. And Rich, Richard followed him at that point. Yes. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he, um, after that, I didn't, I wasn't, I, I had just put it out of my mind because I thought, well, he went out. So, and so uh, when Rich went up to, he had scripture meeting, meeting that morning. And when he went up to read the scripture, I can remember sitting there looking at him thinking something's off. I didn't turn around. I wasn't, we were, maybe four or five pews up off the back but i didn't turn around to see you know what was going on behind to make him act the way he was acting and he just didn't have his his normal stance that he would have usually that he would have usually had while he was up there and uh -huh. his tone was very flat when he read and that's not normally rich he's you know more animated with what he you know when he's speaking and when he's reading uh -huh. so usually when he gets finished he would come down the aisle whatever aisle i'm sitting on and either sit beside me or wave to me as he walked by and he didn't he walked over to the far wall 
and walked up. And there again, I'm thinking, what is up? But I, you know, I just, I didn't know. So we, we just went on with service and it wasn't, I guess we had, we had the prayer, we had the scripture. And then I think we had another song and then we did the communion. Uh -huh. And um, after they, after we did the, the bread part of it and we were sitting there waiting for the prayer to be said for the fruit of the vine, I heard something and I don't know if it, you know, it, it, it could have been, I thought it was maybe Rich's voice. Something drew my attention to the back. So I, as I was turning my head, I seen the guy stepping back and I could see the gun come up. And at that point, I just started screaming for everybody to get down because I just seen a gun and I knew it wasn't a handgun. I knew it was a long gun and I didn't know what kind. So I just started screaming for everybody to get down. And <clears throat> I got down, made sure, you know, everybody around me was down. And then the the people I was sitting with, he got up and went over me to go over and I came up right behind him and the next thing I remember was standing there um, looking at the guy on the ground. Since then, I've seen the video and because I've been, people were telling me I did all this other stuff and I, I have no recollection of it at all. What so. were they saying that you had done? I, when I came out of the pew, I went back a couple pews and I mean, there were tons of kids sitting on that side of the, the auditorium. And I went back there and was ushering people out, getting, you know, getting some of the parents and kids and all of them out to get, you know, to go out into the foyer area. And I, I have no recollection of that at all. And you were, were you on the right side of the auditorium? I guess facing the pulpit, you were on the right side or? I was on the left. You were on the left side. Yeah. So you were on the same side as the shooter? Just yes. over on the other side of the, closer to the yeah. middle? There were, um, there's four section of pews and I was in the second section and he was over against the wall in the first section. Okay, okay. I guess you don't remember, I guess a lot of what happened there did, and you didn't, I, I think at the funeral that was mentioned, I think Britt Farmer, the minister mentioned that, that you didn't even realize it, that Rich had been shot initially. No. Uh -uh. I, as I stood, when I stood there, I knew I heard two shots. Well, I actually heard three audible shots that I that I knew were three shots but there were actually four that were shot um evidently well from watching the video um Rich stood up and told him to drop it and as he was doing that he was pulling his own weapon and 
that took his attention. He was aiming at Tony and that took his attention off of Tony and put it on Rich. So he fired at Rich and then fired at Tony. And as he was turning to go up to the, make his way up the aisle, um, that's when Jack took him down. And, you know, those two, there was, he, I, evidently he had his finger on the trigger or he got another shot, shot off just before he went down. Cause there was up in the very front of the auditorium, you could see where the buckshot had gone through the wall. How hard was that for you to watch the video? At the very beginning, it really wasn't because... I had answer. I, I needed answers to questions. You know, where was I wanted to know where everybody was. You know, why why this happened or why that happened or you know, I I just needed to know what had happened basically. But the thought of looking at it now, I can't do it. Uh -huh. And when was that, that that you did watch the video? That was right after. That was that, right after as you were trying to get answers as to yeah, yeah. Within what the had happened. First month, I okay. had seen it several times. Just, okay. you know, because I would watch it and I would, oh, there's there and them and them and them and them. And, you know, just trying to get a an idea. And I did find that. In that video, if I had gone back two more pews, I would have seen Rich down there. But I just went that one and then came back up. And that's when a friend of mine came up and told me that I needed to go back there with him. And, you know, in my opinion, he had a very, very, very slight heart or a uh, pulse. So they started doing CPR and I guess they kept doing CPR on him, but he was shot just right where his heart was. So, but when I looked at him, I just, it was, I, I just didn't think he was there anymore. I just really didn't the, you know, that ashen look and just that short of a time. I knew his blood was not pumping. So. So how do you even begin to, 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 to deal with something like that, or even the, the thought that this, that this is actually real and this, this really happened. In the beginning, it, I don't know, you know, that's a good question. Cause it, it's bothering me more now than it did in the beginning. And I think it's because um, all the numbness is going away and um, life has gone on. And, you know, we just, we just celebrated our anniversary this month and it, it, I don't know. It's it's tougher right now than it was before because it is real. Uh -huh. And then it was, you know, I was always anticipating he was going to walk in or, you know, with, with everything that went on around it, it was just, 
it didn't really start sinking in till about a month ago. And it, it's, you know, it, it's, I've moved into a different stage, I guess. Uh, and when would, when would, when was your anniversary? The 19th of August. August 19th. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you talk about your church family. Have they, have they, I guess, been there for you during this time? As much as we can, you know, the, the hard part about all of this, and, and this was, it was just like a double whammy, but um, I have a very, very strong support group, and everybody has been just phenomenal. I mean, I grew up with these people, so they've watched me, everything I've been through, and um, they're literally my family so it it has you know it, it's been overwhelming to know that i mean that much to people and the fact that rich you know i'm still finding out different things that he was doing that i had no idea he was doing it it just you know i it, it just reinforces the kind of person he was you know, he didn't want everybody to know, you know, well, I'm helping so-and-so and I'm doing this. And, you know, it, it just, that was just, he was one of those working in the back, making sure huh. everything's all good. You know? uh -huh. Wow. And you, so you're, you, you, have you been a part of West Freeway since it started the mm -hmm. congregation there? And I'm trying and to remember. I was part of um, Ridgely West. I grew okay. up in the Ridgely West group. Okay. And we all merged. Uh, we That happened right after I graduated. And, of course, I had gone on, got married, and, you know, moved on. But um, this has been my home congregation. Wow. And that was after you graduated high school or college? Uh, high, school? high school. Mm -hmm. High school. Okay. Okay. What I guess is, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, COVID-19, and, and there were, I guess, two or three months there where the church couldn't meet in person. How did, how did that affect you and your grieving process? And I hate that terminology, but, you know, just your journey that you're, that you're on. You, you discussed kind of this becoming more real. I mean, being a, not being able to assemble with the church during that time? Did, how did that affect you? I can't remember how many weeks. There were several weeks there where, I mean, even the office was shut down. There, we, we didn't go anywhere. It, I, you know, they just said, everybody stay home if you are not essential. And I think that was like a couple weeks. And I had gotten used to you know, going up to the building, even through um, right after, I guess the week after Rich's funeral, I started going so I could, you know, I just needed to be with people. And then the pandemic hit. And I think a lot of that, I, I'm, I'm grateful for having that time because it forced me to, it forced me to grieve 
because I was so busy making sure everybody else was okay. Uh-huh. You know, I, I was putting on a good front cause I didn't want to bring anyone else down. And, um, so it, it really, it forced me to, to really grieve him. But, you know, in that I've got the blessing of all of those memories flooded back in and it, it's, It, it was good for me. I don't, you know, just on that note, because uh-huh. it was, you know, it was one-on-one with me and these walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and that, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. Well, I guess the church is getting ready on Sunday to worship in the auditorium, which has been through a big renovation process to worship for the first time i guess with you working so closely with the church can you tell me a little bit about i guess about kind of what what has occurred with the auditorium and how it might you know why a renovation was needed and how it might be different when people come back on sunday to worship there for the first time when you first walk in it's it's almost overwhelming it it's not the same place it is just totally not the same place. Um, of course, new carpet, new pews. Um, the sound booth got shifted over to where, so the sound booth you used to be in this little bitty glass room and now they're out more in the, at the back over where the shooting occurred, but they're out in, the auditorium now so they're more they they can feel more like they're participating for lack of better words um so that has changed and there's just been a few painting and things like that and then some audio visual changes in the mm-hmm. sound system and things mm-hmm. like that new pews new carpeting and new pulpit so it like you said it's going to feel like a brand new it's going to feel different yet it's the same i guess the same geographic location do you do you have any idea what it might be like for you to be back in there are you planning to be there on sunday i'm going to be there sunday it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine last night about this and um, I'm there every day. So I'm watching all of the transformations and, and seeing, you know, I mean, it's beautiful. It is very beautiful, but in my heart, it hurts because it had to be changed. Uh It, it, you know, it, it just, it's a double it has double meaning for me i mean it's beautiful i love it in there um it's very peaceful to me but i don't know as of yet how that first service is going to be you know especially even now at communion time i get there's there's times when I just get so nervous that it it's almost unbearable. So I really 
I don't know. It, it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Uh, <laughs> and y'all have, y'all have been since you, I guess you've been back several weeks after, after, you know, kind of coming back after, after being out for the coronavirus, yeah. but you've been meeting yeah. in the fellowship hall to this point yeah. during the renovations yeah. to the auditorium. The only thing that I really, and I pray over this more than I do anything else really is, I'm upset at the fact that I am not as trusting as I used to be in working at the church. There are people that come up all the time and that's, we're supposed to be good stewards of Jesus. And I really struggle with, I want to have that caring that giving and and helping because I know that's what Rich would be wanting me to do to get back into that frame of mind but it's tough it is really really tough after you go through something like this to embrace that again but I feel like we're getting a little bit closer and closer it's you know with me personally, it's just something that's in the back of my mind that, you know, I just never know what's going to set it off for me again. Uh-huh. You're still on the security team, and yes. I guess that's something you'll probably take even more seriously now than yeah. you obviously oh, yeah. did before. It's, you know, and, and that's what we were talking about last night. There, there's a fine line between helping and still being cautious Uh everybody has to find that line Uh and with me it's going to be totally different from someone else Uh because just because of what i've been through Uh but and i guess even with with the shooter in this case he was obviously you recognized something seemed to miss when you walked in and obviously rich and jack and you know others had their eyes on him yet this still happened and I th- i'm trying to remember i think hugh gallion you know he kind of pointed out we we're not we're not wanting to frisk people at the door we're wanting to be here and let people who want to come find right. jesus be here so you kind of that's kind of how you end up with you know what you were talking about you know as far as the balance right right and you know still I mean, we, we won't, we won't turn anybody away that wants to come and worship with us. I mean, that's why we're here. Um, but we are a little more cautious now and, you know, it, it, it's sad that the world has made it that way that, you know, it, it's, it's just really sad that you can't even be safe in your church and that's been the case for a long time but when it hits you where you worship it's it puts a whole new meaning to it Uh well glenda thank you so much i I really appreciate it thank you god bless you thank you This episode of Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by Bobby Ross Jr., edited and produced by Peter Freebie. Special thanks to Religion Unplugged managing editor Megan Clark. 
The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is a part of The Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or The Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at religionmag.